Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock My name is Nigel, Jason Hammer right over there. So while the IRS whistleblower testimony last week was pretty compelling, Hammer, you got the the guy, Mr. X Ziegler, who came forward to Congress along with uh, his his colleague, his co-worker at the IRS, Shapley, I believe it was his name. They uncovered, to quote, to use their own words, a ton of evidence to prove that Hunter Biden willfully evaded and fraudulently filed his taxes. Pretty big testimony. And those in Investigations were quashed either by the FBI or the DOJ. But I said last week, watch out for this guy, Devin Archer, who's going to testify Thursday, I believe. Hunter's business partner. That's when things are really going to get interesting here. And uh, I, I think these investigations with the subcommittees are, are going to be turned up quite a few notches. From everything we understand about Archer, he's going to lay out how after some dinner that he had with Hunter, um, they met up with some of Hunter's friends at this big fancy resort in Dubai. And during that meeting, a senior Burisma executive urged them to speak to Hunter and the big guy. Now, keep in mind now, Joe Biden in the past has said time and time again that he has never had any sort of conversations along with his son about his business practices. So what we're going to find out this week, Allison, if you could have that clip standing by here, you're going to see if Joe Biden is a liar or not. There's not been one scintilla of evidence that my son ever interfered, that I ever asked me anything, that I ever got involved in anything. Nothing more than that, because I've never discussed my business or their business, my sons or daughters, and I've never discussed them. I want to get to the heart of it. Did you and your father ever discuss Ukraine? No. There's no but to this. No, we never did. <laughs> and and now we're seeing there's there's reports that Hunter put his then vice president father, Joe Biden, on the phone with business associates at least two dozen times. You have a montage of President Biden or Vice President Biden or whoever um, not being honest with us about the uh, about his knowledge of Hunter's dealings. Why is he lying to us? And how often has he lied and has anybody lied under oath? So again, it all comes back to this. What is the House GOP going to do with this? Are you going to pass out some subpoenas? Are you going to pass out and help pass out indictments, try to urge those things to happen? Or are you going to move forward with some sort of impeachment plan? Because right now, again, it's just a big cycle. They'll bring in whistleblowers. They'll bring in people that give damning testimony. And then two days later, we've forgotten about it and nothing has happened. 
This is a bad problem with the Republicans right now. Because remember, the Democrats had one whistleblower, just one, that said Donald Trump's call with Zelensky was an attempted shakedown of aid, and they impeached Donald Trump through the House. So if you want to fight fire with fire, if you want to do an eye for an eye here, you've got to impeach Grandpa right now. But I don't know if they have the stones to do it. And if you think about it, the the irony here is that... that Biden indirectly is the one that got Donald Trump impeached because Trump was on the phone to Zelensky saying, hey, let's get your house in order here before I before I send the aid. All right. Because I want to know that there was there corruption going on with the vice president, because I'm going to send you money if there's corruption going on and the money's just going to go to bribery and extortion or whatever. And you have the president Biden saying he's going to fire that Ukrainian prosecutor. Um do you understand the circle I'm going in? Yes. It all start. Donald Trump's impeachment all started with Biden threatening to withhold a billion dollars in loan guarantees from Ukraine unless the prosecutor was fired that was looking into Burisma, the company whose Hunter Biden was sitting on the board with no experience. Indirectly, Joe Biden at that moment got Donald Trump impeached. And by now, you're probably seeing some smartass go to Facebook or Twitter and say, why, what is your fascination with, with, with Hunter Biden? He's not a candidate. He's not, not about, a president. Yeah, it's not about Hunter. It's not about Hunter. You're 100% right there. Hunter is just the dumb one that's going to lead everybody to where they want to be. Hunter was dumb enough not to cover his tracks because, well, Hunter is dumb. <laughs> Even though Joe Biden said he's the smartest guy that he knows. This is not an investigation about Hunter. Do not get it twisted. Hunter is a small piece of the Biden crime family. And the New York Times bestselling author, Peter Schweizer, he broke down why a special counsel had not yet been appointed to investigate all of the Biden family wrongdoings. I mean, this is why you have the statute for an independent counsel. It's the first family of the United States. The reason that one has not been appointed is if they're appointed, all hell is going to break loose. Let's remember what we're talking about here in very specific ways. Just look at China. Based on the laptop, based on public corporate records, what we know is that Hunter Biden and the Biden family received $31 million from four business businessmen in China. And when you look at those four businessmen in China, these are not ordinary businessmen. These are not even ordinary members of the Chinese Communist Party. Each and every one of them has ties to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence. Yep. This was an intelligence operation by the Chinese to extract information, to get their claws into the then second family, now first family of the United States. Nobody in Washington, D.C. wants to have that conversation. And Merrick Garland is not going to go there, even though this is the poster child for an independent counsel because of how the investigation is being stifled and who the investigation is actually about. That's what I was saying last week. I mean, the Biden family scored millions of dollars in deals with China. Uh, it deals with individuals with specific high-level ties to Chinese intelligence. Uh, so it's that's nothing new. We already knew that, right? And and now what you have is a president actively prosecuting and going after his political opponent and a Donald Trump with several indictments, and uh, that's a problem. That's that's like third world country type stuff here. And what I like about Schweitzer is that not only does he give you the breakdown of what's happening, if you're somebody that says, "Well, those are just Republican talking points," do you have any names? Do you have any facts to back that? 
that up? Oh, he comes with names and he comes with receipts. Che Fang, who arranged a $20 million deal for Hunter Biden, that private equity deal. His business partner at the same time he's setting up Hunter Biden was the vice minister for state security for China, whose job is to recruit foreign nationals to spy for China. Or look at Henry Zhao, who wires $5 million to Hunter Biden. He wires him the $5 million out of an account of a company called Harvest that Henry Zhao co-owns with the family of the former minister of state security, who runs the entire spy apparatus in China. Or you look at uh, Chairman Yi, the CEFC energy company, who sends $6 million to Hunter Biden. His previous job before he gets appointed to this energy position is running an organization that is widely known to be a front for Chinese military intelligence. I think the walls are closing in a little bit here. I think by the end of the year, you're going to see Biden either step down or say he's not running. Uh, I would love to see him impeached. I don't know if that's going to happen just because of the numbers in the Senate. But I do think the walls are closing in. And at the end of the day, is this what the Democratic Party wants? a way to get rid of Biden and Kamala. Because let's be honest, if you remove Joe Biden from the top of the ticket, it's not going to be next man up Kamala Harris. I can promise you that. They're going to have an open process where the front runners are probably going to be Gavin Newsom. And if she wants, if she wants a piece of the action, Michelle Obama. I'm telling you, I'm starting to come around to your way of thinking on that Michelle Obama conspiracy theory, the tinfoil hat theory of yours. Uh, moving the DNC, the convention from Atlanta to Chicago, where the Obamas are from, and that's where she makes the big announcement, right? Tinfoil hat, baby. <laughs> Get it out, put it on, wear it with pride. Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you. Nigel show. Cameras here. My name is Nigel. Uh, the broadcasting world, the comedy world, uh, lost uh, a very talented performer over the weekend. Uh, Ron Sexton, a Hoosier born and bred. His alter ego was Donnie Baker. He turned that some. He turned that character into something that just. I mean, he hit lightning in a bottle with that thing. Uh, Ron Sexton passing away at the age of, I believe, fifty-two years old. Suddenly, um, just before one of his gigs in Ohio, he was going to do, uh, Dayton, I believe, to be you know to perform as Donnie Baker. Right. And um, it's just sad and tragic. I know that people over in Fall Creek Road, the Bob and Tom Show, are, it must have been a tough day for them to to push through and do a show as their. Uh, longtime friend and colleague and comedian Ron Sexton passing away. And for those who have followed his career, so much more than Donnie Baker or Kenny Tarmac or any one of his characters that he does. He was a great sports broadcaster. He started off doing sports broadcasting and was really good at it and then ultimately moved down to Florida so his sons could play some baseball started coaching baseball down in Florida. And, man, he's always been really good to you and I. Yeah, well, he came on the podcast when we set up, uh, you know, our little rinky-dinky uh, bar cast over there at Coach's Tavern. 
right? And um, he came on as Ron Sexton, and we just talked about a bunch about his career and and you know how he got into the character, how he got associated with with the with the Bob and Tom show and things like that. Really good our show. Here are some clips of uh, you and I, Nige, interacting with Ron Sexton throughout the years. Let's go back to our podcast, the Hammer and Nigel Show podcast, a bar cast, as we called it, we had asked him uh, the inspiration behind Floyd. I really got a kick out of that. And um, Floyd is that Floyd doesn't realize he's on the air. He honestly <laughs> thinks he's calling in and just yeah. sharing shit with Bob and Tom. Because <laughs> he'll say stuff that he would probably never reveal to anyone, you right. know, even at the VFW Hall, wherever. <laughs> he may hang out. But um, I like his innocence. That Look, cracks me up. Please. I love that. Hey, hey, fellas. I, I can't believe they can prove it's solicitation of a prostitute when I gave that whore the money in the birthday card. <laughs> That's Floyd. But I like I like the subtle, the breathing. It's like how much gravy is trapped in his gizzard over the years at truck stops. That's incredible. I just love hearing his voice, by the way. I do too. I love hearing Ron's voice, and then he completely flips it to Floyd the trucker. Just like that. That was hilarious. Wow, I hadn't heard that audio in years. His impressions were really good. And I don't know if this is going to go down as one of his best impressions or not, but when he was on our podcast, I had asked him about coaching baseball, and he broke out of Bob Knight. I had a kid this year. This honestly happened. I had a kid this year. This is Circus 2014. <laughs> and I get a text. Batting practice is at 4 p.m. And the text from this young man said, Coach, I'm going to be late. My dad forgot to wake me up from my nap. I kid you not. <laughs> and this father was pissed off. And my reply was, don't worry about coming. It sounds like you need rest. <laughs> and that's exactly, uh, that's my uh, attempt to be in Robert Montgomery f***ing night. Uh, I think you need to get uh, some cocoa and a hot f- bath uh, and lay down and make sure the last f-ing thing you ever considered doing is uh, pushing your f-ing pulse. I mean, uh, I would hesitate uh, uh, to ever put you uh, into a situation uh, where you might possibly break a f-ing sweat. But I did. He's like, I'm going to be running late. I'm going to be. I was like, no, seriously, don't worry about it. You you go watch Teletubbies and you soak in a Calgon bath. That was incredible. I forgot about that. I mean, he didn't just do characters like Donnie Baker and Floyd, he, he did impressions. Right. He did a great JMV impression. <laughs> I love his impression of JMV. This, uh, this is fun. I'm glad we're doing this. This is. And then this. when you and I had this little uh, nickel and dime pony show on over at X103, yeah. we were graced to have the character Donnie Baker call in. I, I swear to God, this. I've been trying to get on with you guys forever. Donnie Baker, ladies Donnie and gentlemen. Donnie Baker. Live on the Hammer and Nigel show. How are you tonight, sir? I'm pretty good. i got a fork hammer that's about nine pounds, so I could probably be your mascot if you guys are looking to make posters. <laughs> did you say Did you say pork hammer? Is that... I swear to God, it is. It's a ball team. Donnie, what, are you, what have you been out doing lately, man? <laughs> so I've been traveling and trying to get around doing more stuff. I've been trying to do more boat shows. But, you know, being back home, son, going to Beach Grove's a blast, man. I swear to God, I ran into Don Steck at and uh, I've, had a, I've had a blast hanging out there. And, you know, so it's good to come back home. Instead, this is basically the only city where every strip club and liquor store has the same name. Welcome, race fans. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he saw Don stuck at the Beach Grove bowling alley. 
<laughs> now at Expo, because there is oh, Beach sorry. Grove Bowl. Oh, okay, I'm you got to make sure you get him separated. I actually asked him a follow-up about Beach Grove. You brought up Beach Grove, and that's my homeland. Uh, talk about the ladies that might creep on you a little bit when you're in the Grove, my friend. Uh, see, Angel Skinner is still from there. She used to live off Churchman, and when I broke up, she went all goth. Like she, her hair was black, her fingernails were black, you know, her eyeliner was black, which was hot, but she looked like that chick that sang for the Black Crows. So I really tried to get, you know, away from her after that. You know, she she tried talking, you know, stuff to me when I broke up with her, and I told her ex-boyfriend, we call her Talladega because after she dated Donnie Baker, you could run three wide in her. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, man. So uh, our, our our thoughts and condolences to Ron Sexton's uh, friends and family, and certainly is, is, is obviously his co-workers over there on Fall Creek Road. It's a, a sad day, for sure. Sad weekend. We lost a... This one hurts, man. It does. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day. With the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms gun. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here also joining us live in studio. Second Amendment attorney, licensed firearms instructor, host of the Gun Guy Show Saturdays here on 93 WIBC. Guy Relford, how are you? Man, I'm great. And thanks as always to our sponsor of Monday Gun Day, Premier Arms in Brownsburg, with the largest selection of new, used, and historic firearms in the Midwest, and PA Jewelers located right in the store. Check them out at 3754 South Green Street in Brownsburg or premierarms.com. One of the things I'm, I'm curious as to um, what your listeners of your program uh, the Gun Guy Show on Saturdays had to say about Jefferson Sharif, who's uh, running against Joe Hogsett for mayor of Indianapolis. He's a Republican, but his public safety plan includes gun control, repealing constitutional carry, getting rid of uh, assault rifles and stuff like that. I'm just, what was the tone? What was the tenor of your audience like? And what did you talk about on Saturday? Well, you know, the, the reaction, because as you might guess, I, I spent an appreciable amount of time Saturday talking about that. And, you know, it's interesting because the guy is a Republican and he's running against Joe Hogsett. And if you're a conservative, if you care at all about Second Amendment rights, you're no fan of Joe Hogsett. So here's a guy running against him. And so I, I was kind of curious to gauge the same thing that you just asked me about, which is, you know, what's the reaction going to be? And you know what? It was universally the same reaction that I've had and that we've talked about here on, on Hammer and Nigel, and that is that... You know, Joe Hawks, it's horrible. He's I think he's been the worst mayor in the history of Indianapolis and I'm a I'm a lifer. Um, but at the same time, Joe Hogs at least is true to who he is. He's a he's a liberal. He hates the Constitution. He hates the Second Amendment in particular, and he is who he is. He's horrible. He's been horrible for this city. But the reaction has been that someone who who announces he's gonna run against Joe, and you think has some, as we've talked about, a puncher's chance, that was your term, Jason, a puncher's chance of beating Joe Hogs, and a lot of people got excited about. And then he comes out, and his central strategy to win an election against Joe Hogs is gun control. And there were just so many of us that just literally felt like we'd been stabbed in the back. And, and you know, and that we'd had someone who's, quote unquote, a conservative running as a Republican candidate who just stuck it to us. 
ridiculous. And people are angry about that. I'm angry about that. And you know what? I mean, he only had a slight chance of winning this election ever, mainly because he's got a whole bunch of money. As we've talked about, he sank that ship long ago. He, when he came out and announced this, he killed his campaign. So now he's going to lose. And it was a great quote. I had a listener uh, send me a message during my show, and, he, and it was a great quote. He said, you know what? I really wanted him to win. I went to his celebration at his, uh, his, his primary victory party down at Hotel Tango in Fountain Square. But now after he pulls this, and I'll, I'll leave the, that word off, this blank, he goes, <laughs> I hope he loses by Saddam-like percentages. And I, and I, had, to, had, to, I had to calibrate that a wow. minute. I go, wow. That, that, you know, where, where, you know, fake elections in, in countries uh, like Iraq. So uh, that, that was the reaction. It's universally the reaction. So what's your response? And I've been getting this question a lot, too, because I am a Marion County voter. I yes. live in Indianapolis. When people come up to you and say, that's just one part of his plan. The rest of the plan is pretty good. And it is. And I don't want to vote for Joe Hogsett because this guy's a total zero. He went missing during the riots. Uh, he's been horrible for the city. What's your response to that? Well, and it's a great question. But my reaction is that now we can't trust him. Because, by the way, why didn't he announce this plan before the primary? Why didn't he announce this when he was running against Abdul? Because, oh, by the way, his primary opponents would have come out, I'm fairly confident, and said, oh, no, I support the Second Amendment. We asked Abdul to his face that this past Friday. It, well, and I'm guessing his answer was he, yeah. he, he would have opposed this 180 degrees. Law-abiding citizens were not the problem. Exactly. So we can't trust him. We can't trust him. Plus, I don't care whether it's an economic issue or the Second Amendment or any other conservative principle, quote unquote, if, if somebody comes out and, and gets the primary victory, wins the nomination and then stabs us in the back, I think that has to be punished. I think it has to be punished as 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 a Republican. And I'm sorry, I don't often use the term rhino. I've thrown it around more in the last two weeks than I have in my entire life. Republican in name only. Republican in name only. That's who this guy is. I think that has to be punished. And look, if I still thought he had a chance of winning the election. I might not be so vocal about it. I think, what, what was your quote the first day we talked about it? I think what, the same day he announced his plan, you said, he's done. He lost. Yeah, I got a million quotes that day on text and, and, and private messages. Joe Hogsett lost the election today. I got those texts. I, I didn't even know what they were talking about. I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, oh, yeah, check out his public safety plan, quote, unquote. So he's lost the election. So we're no longer talking about having a chance to unseat Joe Hogsett now. Now we're talking about sending a message to a quote-unquote conservative who just stabbed us in the back. So you used the term rhino earlier, and I've done the same thing. I've dubbed this mayor's election a rhino versus a wino, yeah, right. and I think that makes sense. Uh, but it's not just Jefferson Shreve. It's one of his main advisors, if not the oh, main advisor, Mark Lubbers. So you've got the candidate doubling down on gun control against law-abiding citizens, but then his main advisor goes on to Twitter, and this dude only tweets like five times a year, right. but starts going after you, right. starts ripping on WIBC, the people that listen to WIBC. If that doesn't scream rhino, I don't know what does. You and your gated community. 
Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but 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 yeah, and let's reset that because this is really to me fascinating. This has been the most interesting thing about this whole issue, and that is that I'd never heard of Mark Lubbers, and I've talked to other people, you know, insiders in the Republican Party. They go, "Oh yeah, you know, he's run several unsuccessful campaigns in the past, but <laughs> you know, but he he runs campaigns." And I'm like, "Okay," but I'd never heard of the guy. Well. After you and I, we had this the show where we said he's done. He gave away his candidacy today. We we, we wanted to we wanted for Shreve to win. Now he's got no chance. Um, it was a blog, Importantville, that was out there on one of the blog sites. They published an article, and and it was a long interview from Shreve. So apparently they think this site has some credibility. I'm um, talking about why he wanted to pass gun control um, to to um, enhance his public safety plan. But then there were all these quotes from this guy that they called in that article, and they're only talking to lovers and Shreve, so it's got to come from them, the senior advisor for the Shreve campaign. And he came out and attacked me, and he said, well, Relford, you know, he preaches his gun religion from the gated communities of Carmel, uh, and it goes on from like, excuse me, gun religion? Does that sound like Republican? I mean, does that sound like Republican? Well, Not look at the all. media outlets that they ran to first. That super liberal substack that yes. I'm not going to say his name, but a certain pencil neck runs. And then <laughs> right. you've got Shreve himself going to the very left leaning Indy Star. Yes. I mean, exactly. how many more pieces of evidence so, do you need here to say this campaign doesn't give two craps about the conservatives and Republicans? So at this point, I'm going, okay, well, this Lubbers guy is pretty aggressive about this. And they went on from there. They, it, it was amazing to me. They said that they considered support for the Second Amendment as extremism. This is right in the article. Look it up. Importantville um, is who posted this. It, 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 support for the Second Amendment is extremism that needs to be rooted out of the Republican Party in order to restore um, the, 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 the heart of the Republican Party. And I'm, I'm looking at this going, excuse me? I mean, support for the Second Amendment has been a, a central component of the, the, the Republican Party for a long time. So then after that, I continued my rant, and, and I'm on a rant, and it's not going to stop between now and November. I'll yeah, you're you right on now. a heater. Oh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> uh, it's not, yeah, oh, no, I'm just getting warmed up. But So I was out on social media, and, and on one of my posts, this Mark Lubbers guy responds. And he's it's got no profile picture, so I didn't know if it was even real. And so before I even responded, you know, I went to his profile and and it, it, it certainly is real. He's responded several times since. But as I went through his profile, looking at this a little bit, one of the things he had posted, and this is over a year ago, he posted a video from YouTube, and he said, this is one of the favorite ads I ever did when I was running the campaign of Senator Richard Luger. And I went, wow, you ran the campaign of Richard Luger? And I, because I had no idea. So I click on the, on the video, you know what it was? It was, it was Dick Luger explaining why he was voting for the assault weapons ban in 1994. And this Mark Luper's guy, is, said this is his favorite, and this is before all this issue came up. This is before Shreve ever ran for mayor. And I went, hold on. This is the guy who ran the campaign of Richard Luger. And let's reset Richard Luger. I, you know, a lot of us love Richard Luger. You know, he's from Indiana. He, he was in the Senate for one of the biggest years. names in Indiana political history. Yeah. And, you know, chairman of the, of, of the Foreign Relations Committee, as I remember. A lot of people love this guy, and deservedly so. But the reason he got beat, and you guys will remember this, he decided to oppose the Second Amendment. He decided to vote for the assault weapon ban. After that, he continued 
to vote on the side of Democrats on gun-related issues, and eventually he lost in 2012 the Republican primary to Richard Murdoch. And he did that after he got an F rating from the NRA, and, he, and Hoosiers finally said, we're enough... Uh, where we have we've had enough of a quote unquote Republican who turns his back on the Second Amendment. Mark Lubbers was running his campaign that entire time, and this is the same guy who now is running apparently as chief strategist, according to them. Those aren't my words. The the, the Jefferson Shreve campaign that to me was just astonishing. I looked at that and I went, you know what? Because we all sat around and went, what the hell is this guy thinking? Right. Why why is Shreve doing this? What idiot would come up with this strategy? Well, it's the same guy. <laughs> we found the idiot. And the same, <laughs> yeah, we found the idiot. He, he, the, the same guy who came up with the strategy that got a thirty year incumbent beat in a primary in Indiana. Same guy came out with this strategy. And and one of the things is he's going back and forth with me, which I enjoyed the hell out of. By the way, he eventually abandoned all hope and just exited. He evaporated into the vapor. Well, he normally doesn't tweet, and that's what was interesting. Somebody I know that I trust very much inside of Indiana politics responded to me via text. If they've got lubbers doing damage control on Twitter, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. They know they screwed up. And the other thing is, Hogsett's loving this, right? I mean, I'm reading this uh, Axios article that uh, uh, James Briggs wrote. Shreve's left turn on guns is an unequivocal win for Hogsett, showing the mayor is setting the campaign agenda while Sharif is playing catch-up, appealing to Democrat-leaning electorates. And then, at the very last part of this article... He quotes Hogsett's campaign manager. When it comes to Jefferson's relationship with the gun lobby, he was either misleading them in 2016 to get the NRA's highest grade, or he's misleading us now. That is devastating. And I hate the fact that Boss Hogsett's going to win. Let's not get it twisted, guy. I posted this on Facebook the other day. Just because Shreve has been exposed as a total rhino and a fraud, and his advisors are... Doesn't mean that Joe Hawkset doesn't suck at his job. Oh no! I mean, this is look. If I ever said a positive word about Joe Hawkset as mayor of Indianapolis, never, and I never will. But look, he had he had a ninety percent chance of winning this election anyway. He's got a hundred percent chance of winning now since Shreve, no pun intended, shot himself in the foot, <laughs> right? So why not? I think there was a pun intended there. <laughs> Let's not be coy. We'll go, we'll go with that. But 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 why not now send a message that you know what we're not gonna we're not gonna support? And I even today I had a couple of idiots on social media come after me and go oh so you just like Joe Hogsett you've become a Joe Hogsett fan? I mean, that's ridiculous. I go to me, I go what we have to do is send a message that when you run as a conservative, you win the the primary election as conservative. We're not going to turn you around, tur- let you turn around and stab us in the back after that. That's not okay, and we had to send you a message. And I, you know, I again, I'm, I've been the biggest antagonist to Joe Hogsett that he's had since he's been elected. But I hope he wins by 95 percent of the vote because it sends a message to rhinos to say, "Don't pull this crap on us here in Indiana." I plan to write in Abdul. That's where I'm at yeah, right now. Absolutely. I'm writing in Abdul. And guy, I think you can appreciate this reference here. Watching this mayor's race in Indianapolis as a 
Cubs fan is like watching the Cardinals and the White Sox play each other. I hate both of these guys, and somebody's going to win, and that sucks. Monday, Gunday, Guy Relford joining us in studio. So, Guy, this past weekend, ABC News ran this, like, two-plus-minute hit piece on firearms, basically stating that all of these mass shootings, these ridiculous amounts of mass shootings, are a result of lax gun laws across the country. And I'm sure you probably get this all the time. What goes through your mind when you see reports like that on ABC? Well, it all has as a as a foundational assumption that if you pass a new law, that bad guys are going to follow laws. I mean, that unless unless you buy in to that theory, then passing more laws obviously makes no sense. And you know what? What what I've really bought into are the people that really research these things, mass shootings in particular. And I talked to you guys about uh, a presentation I went to uh, on at the National Association of uh, School Resource Officers, and, and a guy who's a cop who uh, did 15 years of research, and he said, "There's one thing that stops mass shootings." And one thing only, he goes, it's not politics, it's not legislation, it's not gun control, it's not hopes and prayers. He goes, the one thing that stops a mass shooting is an armed response. And if you want to keep uh, uh, casualties under double digits, you need an armed response in the first 30 seconds. And that's the only thing. And people say, oh, if we just pass an assault bin ban, we'll end mass shootings. Well, the worst school shooting ever was West Virginia. It was done with two handguns. So obviously that didn't count. In fact, he put up a slide, and this guy's no great, you know, proponent for the Second Amendment. He was just addressing the issues. He put some, he put up a big slide. He said school shootings where more people were killed, where there was no so-called assault weapon than in Parkland, Florida, which is obviously a really horrible one. And there were fourteen of them. So he goes, look, he goes, it's not gun control. It's about having an armed response to keep people safe. And and, and what the most powerful thing to me, and it means a lot to me because he's my client, that's Eli Dickin. He put up a slide. I didn't even know this was coming. I'm at this presentation and this is a room full of cops. And he said, okay, right now, if somebody walks in here, now we're all armed. Let's assume we're not armed. We're sitting in this conference room. There's 200 of us. The back door blows open and somebody comes in and starts shooting us. What would we want? A new law in the books, and then he goes, a SWAT team an hour away, uh, armed play. He's got pictures, SWAT team, and then an- another picture of, of two police officers. He goes, police officers ten minutes away. He said, a-, a security guard two minutes away, or an armed citizen fifteen seconds away. And he put up a picture of Eli Dickin, ready so, to engage wow. too. That's ready important. to engage, wow. and 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 it's a room full of cops. And 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 he goes, which would you rather have? So anyway, that that tells me what we really need. Got a couple seconds left here. If somebody wants to get a hold of you, hire you, talk to you, debate you, where can they find you? RelfordLaw.com or on Twitter, at Guy Relford. Trying to build my Twitter following, it's at Guy Relford. Guy, you're the best. Thank Thanks, you. Guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! Hammer, what do you think about Donald Trump posting about the idea of having a one-on-one with Tucker Carlson during the Fox News debate at the same time? Get the Fox News GOP primary debate happening in August, and instead of attending that, Trump is toying with the idea of having a competing event with just him and Tucker at the same time. Reminds me of when the 
IndyCar series had their split. The Indy 500 <laughs> was the crown jewel, but then the cart guy said, well, we'll just have our own race in Michigan to compete with the Indy 500. But you couldn't compete with the Indy 500. The debates are something people are going to watch. I've seen Donald Trump do a one-on-one interview. I've seen Tucker Carlson deliver commentary. I don't know how much I'm going to learn yeah. from that conversation. But you had to understand, you realize that he was doing the same thing in 2015 when he didn't want to do the debates anymore. Those with you know the gig- I mean, what there was 50 people up there debating. It was it was ridiculous, and he had uh, competing events at the same time as some of those GOP deba- debates, and it worked for him in 2015. I don't know if the same strategy is going to work this time around. Although he is in every poll that we see, still kicking, uh, kicking butt in terms of the numbers. But and- he made the first debate. The first one's the most important one, right? Honestly, I think it was the first debate that got all the momentum behind his campaign when he had that zinger and one-liner about Rosie O'Donnell and then Megyn Kelly, all within a couple minutes span to kick off that first debate in 2015. That's what a lot of people said. That's my guy. Let's go. Well, there's, and and I know we're going to talk about this poll in uh, South Carolina in just a a second, but that same poll that we're going to talk about, uh, a majority of voters think that if a candidate does not show up to debate other people, then it's a sign of weakness. And that's that was part of that polling that we're getting ready to talk about here. So, and that's what the other candidates have to say because they're getting their doors blown off. True. So let's look at some individual state polling. And again, national polls mean nothing. It's all about individual states. That's how we pick the president. And even then, some of the polls can be completely wrong. We've seen that in the past. But let's start in Iowa. First state up for... Anybody that wants to win this thing, Donald Trump, 46%, DeSantis, 16%, Tim Scott, 11%. And this is from Fox Business. This is a Fox Business round of polling. So Donald Trump up 30 points on Ron DeSantis. Let's move to South Carolina. South Kakalaki, Donald Trump in first place, 48%. Nikki Haley, leapfrogging Ron DeSantis in her home state with 14%, DeSantis 13 and Tim Scott also from South Carolina with 10%. Wow, so you're telling me that Nikki Haley and Tim Scott, their home states of South Carolina respectively, she was the first female governor, he is a senator, Tim Scott's a senator. There's <laughs> They're being rejected by their own constituency there in South Carolina. I mean, if Donald Trump were to be arrested, to drop out, whatever the case may be, Nikki Haley would be leading South Carolina. She did leapfrog Ron DeSantis. But with Trump in the race, it's a blowout. It is an absolute blowout. And I think it's interesting that Nikki Haley has leapfrogged Ron DeSantis in South Carolina. I notice you haven't mentioned Mike Pence very much uh, in any of these... You're correct. Numbers. <laughs> you would be correct that I have not mentioned Mike Betts. Because he's nowhere near <laughs> any of these numbers that we've been talking about. A little bit more from this poll from South Carolina in regards to what voters are looking for. 
in South Carolina, 72% say electability and ability to beat Joe Biden is, quote, extremely important. And 51% of primary voters think Donald Trump is the most electable. Now, see, to me, that's where I have an issue with the fine people of South Carolina. If I got four more years of Donald Trump as president, I'll take that. I'm not going to complain. But if I'm looking at this rationally, I just feel like people go out and vote against Donald Trump. His voters are going to vote for him. They're locked in. It's a loyal base. They're not going to waver. But have enough states had buyer's remorse. Key states that he lost the last time around, like Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada's in play now, Georgia, all states that Donald Trump lost. You're telling me that you think Donald Trump is more electable in those states than any of the other names that we mentioned over Joe Biden. I don't know. I see the tides turning against Joe Biden. Even in the media, we had that story about how his aides and his campaign, I mean, he's getting ready to hit the campaign trail and they're changing everything up. This, this NBC News article makes it seem like he's way too old to be running. Um, they're going to uh, have early nights, more vacations less stairs, skipping world events and dinners. Um, that's the new policy within the Joe Biden campaign. So, so not doing his job, down, skipping events and skipping yeah, dinners. To, to cut down on the to, to cut down on the gas, to cut down on the all the falling down, which has just been uh, and I got news for you, the staff was probably a little too late to change that strategy now. Right. Because we've all seen the, the the footage by now of him tripping over the bag of sand, falling over on the bike, falling up the stairs. On Air Force Air Force One multiple times. So, so I don't know, man. I I think it comes down to Donald Trump and Joe Biden, and people voted for Trump in 2016, but voted for Joe Biden in 2020, 2024. I think they're probably going to turn around and vote for Trump again. Let's go back to Ron DeSantis for just a moment, because a lot of people thought, man, this could be the one guy, the one guy that can go toe to toe with Donald Trump. He's like a mini version of Donald Trump, but he's accomplished a lot as a governor. His campaign has just been a train wreck so far. He's got a lot of money. He's raised a lot of money. But maybe this insight from South Carolina brings a little light to the reason why he's trailing so much. So according to this poll in South Carolina, social issues come in at just 12% for the biggest concerns of voters. And Ron DeSantis has focused a lot on fighting the woke, right? Florida's where woke goes to die. The culture wars. yeah. The culture wars. That's not polling really well, at least in South Carolina. So we'll see what happens with the DeSantis campaign moving forward. Again, it's all about the debate. August 23rd, that first debate. I want to see Donald Trump there. I'm hoping he's there. And let's see what happens. Let's get all these dudes and women out there and let's have ourselves a good old fashioned debate. I know you want to see him there, but there are some political strategists that have said it's not a good idea. Just stay in the basement like Joe Biden did. Biden won that way. Exactly. I'm just saying, I know we all want the entertainment factor and I want to see him there too. But politically, and the strategy is maybe to shut your mouth a little bit. As you're being indicted, probably for uh, uh, multiple times for multiple incidents. Miss Allison, can I please have some mood music? Oh, yeah. 
today is National Tequila Day. Hello. That must be why uh, Brett Glaze from Hiatus Tequila just dropped off two bottles for us in a bag of uh, Chipotle chips and salsa. Oh, 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 baby. (laughs) Did you tell him we just used the last of the Hiatus Tequila in the office? (laughs) Which is the last bottle he gave us is gone. Uh, so, tequila, cold. one of my favorite beverages. I've had this tequila bottle in the freezer. Nige, cheers to National Tequila Day. Oh boy. Mm. That is good. Oh, yeah. That is good. The, is that the Blanco, right? Yes. So oh, wow. good. Uh, tequila can actually help you in a number of ways. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila (laughs) is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can cause you to ease out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You will notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. <laughs> However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try tequila. Yeah! Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, neurotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, <laughs> loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, loss of your wife, loss of your husband, loss uh, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, desire to sing karaoke, play all night, round strip of poker, and truth or dare, and naked twister, and oh anyway, tequila. Leave shyness behind. Ask your doctor if tequila is right for you. And of course, we couldn't have National Tequila Day without great moments in tequila history. Let's go back to New Year's Eve, just a few years ago, okay. when Anderson Cooper oh, no. was taking shots on the air. Feel free to toast along with us. Absolutely. Um, you know what? Everybody here seems to be having a great time. He's not a big drinker. Ah, it's like burning your lungs. Oh, Great so, moments in tequila history. Oh, so cringeworthy. Man, that was cringe. <laughs> Sounds like Poindexter. Ever <laughs> and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Rock and roll. Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I will run some stories by you. You will break down all the information that's been presented, and you give us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? Is this anything? A young boy was caught on a doorbell camera giving random pep talks to strangers. Really? During his kind acts, other kids tried to play, you know, ding-dong ditch on the house, and he still sits there and does the right thing. Here's a clip from the doorbell camera. You can see me. Get out of here, bub. And you matter, all right? There's always going to be somebody that cares about you. And you're a good person. No matter what people say, you matter. Ignore them. They're losers. They're ding-dong ditching you. I'm just trying to say something nice. Like, I don't know what they're doing. They're running away and stuff. I'm just trying to say that you matter, man. Or girl. Whoever you are, you matter to someone. Just keep that in mind. Don't forget that. Uh, Yeah, this is something I love it. More of this, please. Kid's got a great head on his shoulders. Uh, n- no negativity. I-, I-, I love this idea of just going out there and <laughs> knocking on people's doors and just, you know, strangers telling them they matter. And, and this is coming from a kid. Now, right. unfortunately, not everyone, Hammer, 
and this is a damn shame, because I'm about to play some audio here for you, not everyone has been very receptive to this little boy's words of encouragement. Who's that? There's always going to be somebody that cares about you. What do you want? And you're a good person. No matter what people say, you matter. Why are you here? Ignore them. They're losers. What do you want? You. I'm just trying to say something nice. Go ahead. Go away. Like, I don't know what they're doing. They're running away and stuff. I'm just trying to say that you matter, man. F*** off. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> so not everybody is necessarily receptive to this young boy uh, trying to uh, knock on doors and, and, and give positive words of encouragement. You got the, you know that clip, right? That would be the uh, scene from Revenge of the Nerds. Or boogers at the where they're looking for apartments, right? Or yeah, a room for, to rent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? Why are you here? <laughs> F off. Is this anything? <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. A French town is looking to stop a dog poop problem. By DNA testing the droppings and finding out which dogs are leaving the poop behind. Here is really? Poo Prince CEO <laughs> explaining how the technology works. Simple cheek swab that gets DNA from that dog, and when they find the poop, they'll take a small little sample and we match it back to the poop trader. <laughs> oh, come on. This isn't real. How embarrassing if you're that the That mother CEO. logger is not real. Like if you're the CEO of this company. So so which so you're a big CEO. Uh, yeah, so what do you do? What's the name of your company? A uh, Poo Prince. I'm the CEO of Poo Prince. And apparently uh, you know, in France, there's not a lot of crime going on right now. Forget about all the rioting and the bur- burning that's been going on there for weeks. <laughs> they need a DNA test. They need to swab the dogs and figure out who's leaving their poop unattended out in people's yards. So if I understand this correctly, we can swab a dog's butt and find out where the poop <laughs> belongs. Yes. But we don't know whose cocaine it was in the White House. <laughs> By the situation room. They can trace the fecal matter back to its original owner. Uh, so does, uh, so I'm assuming, do dogs have to... Or is there some sort of DNA database in France for dogs that they can compare? It's called DNA and the D stands for dog, yes. This <laughs> <laughs> is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Oh, you're a CEO. Yeah, what do you do? I, uh, it's poo prints. Uh, poo prints. I, uh, and are other people at that cocktail party, is that who I think it is across the room? <laughs> That's the poo prints guy. Wow. He's got a big houseboat. <laughs> is this anything? A YouTuber who sat oh. front row at a WNBA game and pretended to have sleep apnea during during the game has now been banned from all NBA and WNBA events. I have really bad sleep apnea, so it makes me cold. Just like wake me up if I start snoring, okay? Help me out so I don't have to escort you out, sir. Sleep at home. I got sleep apnea, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I can't control it. You're not a little sleepy, too? I got an extra headrest. You know, this guy, you should find him on YouTube. It's actually kind of funny. He, he like, brings, he, he's got blankets. He's in his PJs. He's got, like, a stocking cap on. <laughs> and he spreads out on the chairs and just falls asleep and starts... Front row. Now, yeah, he's got front row tickets to these WNBA games. Now, using sleep apnea as an excuse that you're falling asleep like you can't help it, that's, that's not what sleep apnea means. He's talking about narcolepsy, I believe. Yes, right. Narcolepsy is when you fall asleep uncontrollably. Deuce Bigelow had a date yeah, with a girl right. that had that. <laughs> exactly. She fell asleep in the soup. So, uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, this is nothing. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. So I got good news and bad news, Nige. The good news is that our friends at Hiatus Tequila brought us in some chips, yeah. some salsa, and some more tequila. Because oh, so, the other bottle you used, it was dour. It was gone. Yeah, we finished that one off. Thank you, uh, Brett Glaze. That's my man Glaze just hooking us up. Bad news. and We got a severe thunderstorm warning mm. going on. Oh, no. Marion, Madison, Hamilton, Hancock until 448. So next couple of minutes, just kind of hang on a little bit. What's going to happen is the next couple of days, hotter than hell. I mean, we're talking about temperatures oh, yeah. in the 90s, some days upper 90s, heat index well over 100. So when these storms pop up, man, it's the humidity mixing with the air. Bada boom, Dude, here we go. This morning at like at like 9.30, I'm trying to round up the kids, you know, to get them to, to, to um, before I left for work. And they were outside playing with their friends. I was outside for like two minutes before I started sweating profusely. <laughs> and that was at 9.30. Next couple days, even hotter. So, again, make sure you've got the fans, the AC, do all the things. But uh, we're going to be seeing this a lot over the next couple of days. With the humidity in the air, you can get these big, strong pop-up storms, really, at any point. So, what do we make of this American soldier that was detained in North Korea after he actively, he actually crossed the the into the DMZ into the border from South Korea to North Korea on purpose because he wanted to escape I, I, I don't know he was facing some sort of discipline uh, some sort of assault charge here in the United States and they were taking him back something like that here let Greg Palcott of Fox break it all down U.S. Army Private Travis King was on a guided tour of the joint security area on the border when he made a break for it into North Korean territory. According to the Pentagon, it was unauthorized. He's now being detained by the North. They're trying to get him out. Apparently, the 23-year-old might have wanted to defect. King was on his way back to the U.S. to face disciplinary action when he sneaked out of the airport. He'd already been fined for damaging a South Korean police car and spent time in jail there for assaulting a civilian. It said he did not want to return to America. His mother, however, in Racine, Washington, reportedly said, I can't see Travis doing anything like that. I'm sure. so proud of him. I just want him to come home, come back to America. I, I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say whatever discipline you were facing in America is nothing compared to the way you're going to be treated in North Korea. Right. <laughs> Two words, Otto Warm Beer. And he didn't even mean to do what he did. Right. He didn't, even, he didn't do what he did on purpose. I, well, I mean, I guess he st- out of warm beer stole some paraphernalia or something like that. A right? street like a, sign, like a sign off the hotel wall, but he didn't actively run <laughs> into the DMZ begging to be taken because he was going to get uh, uh, in trouble in the in the states. Does that make sense to you? If that's the kind of thinking we can expect from this guy. You know what? Just stay over there. I'm sorry. Like, if you hate America so much and you're so scared to come back to America that you think running like Red Rover over to Fat Boy (laughs) is a better option, I'm finding it hard to 
gets any sort of emotional attachment to this guy. I, I can't imagine the torment and the torture of whatever Otto Warmbier went through and then having North Korea basically just dump him on our front doorstep mafioso style. Uh, what's going to happen to an American soldier over there? Especially right now with the way things are intensifying yeah. and ramping up. Um, over the weekend, country singer Jason Aldean responded perfectly what I thought on stage. I think this was his first concert since all the controversy about his song, Try That in a Small Town, broke out. Yeah. Here's Jason Aldean talking to the crowd. The one thing I love, you guys know how it is this day and age, cancel culture is a thing. That's something that if people don't like what you say, they try and make sure that they can cancel you, which means try and ruin your life, ruin everything. One thing I saw this week was a bunch of country music fans that could see through a lot of the bullshit, all right? <laughs> I saw country music fans rally like I've never seen before, and it was pretty badass to watch, I gotta say. Thank you guys so much. I mean, listen to that crowd. That crowd's pretty loud. That crowd's pretty into it. And he's right. Cancel culture is real. People will try to cancel you. There are even program directors of country music stations around our country that, in essence, have tried to cancel Jason Aldean. For a song that's number one on iTunes. Right. You know, and the controversy here isn't so much the song as it is the music video, which actually depicted... Um, real newsworthy footage of people rioting, people spitting in cops' faces, all the stuff that he's talking about in the song. So it's really the video that's controversial. And the reason liberals hate this is because he's putting it on display their own behavior and throwing it back in their face. Kind of like what Libs of TikTok does. Right. They just repurpose liberal, progressive, crazy, anti-American behavior. They just retweet it and put it out there for everybody to see. He's using footage in that music video of riots and people treating the cops like crap and beatings and stuff like that. And if if you were mad at him for doing that, you're either complicit in the riots of 2020 or you participated or, and, or justified it in some way, shape, or form. And you're just mad because he's putting it on display for everybody to see. Here's a little bit more of Jason Aldean with that crowd. I love our country. I want to see it restored to what it once was before all this bullshit started happening to us. I love my country. I love my family. And I will do anything to protect that. I can tell you that right now. Good old-fashioned USA yeah, chant, man. Love it. Love to, love to hear that. And I love that he's not apologizing or backing down. Right. And again... He's, he's uncancelable. I mean, he's worth, I mean, probably, I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars at this point. And CMT, the big outlet that plays country music videos, they pulled his yeah. video off, to which then other big-name country music artists, say what you want about them, Blake Shelton, Luke Bryan, they've all demanded that their music videos be pulled off of CMT as well <laughs> to show support for Jason Aldean. Uh, we've got some big news. Allison, hit the music. Well, we're coming to your city. Hey, hey, hey. 
Mark it on your calendars, boys and girls. Hammer and Nigel show taking the big show on the road Friday, August 4th. The Indiana State Fair. All right, finally getting out there again. I know, we've been begging to take this damn thing out on the road for a long time, and everybody just looks at us, rubs our hair, and says, get on out of here, you little scamps. Uh, But Beer Sample Friday, Indiana State Fair, and the Sticks concert that night. We're going to get into trouble. We are going to get into some trouble that night. Man, I'm looking forward to it. Although they'll probably put us next to the pig with the big bowls. Yeah. We're going to be in like the pig barn or something like that, or the new facility facility there. They put us in a stable right next to the pigs. That's where they're going to put us. I helped pay for that. Did you know that? The new pig barn? Right. Where we have the pig with the big old set. (laughs) All these new buildings at the Indiana State Fairgrounds were paid for by the general fund of the state of Indiana. That means a lot of the sports betting money was used to pay for these things. So when you see the pig with the big old wiener, know that I and my fellow degenerates help pay for the facility (laughs) that he's in. Uh, Did you go see any movies this weekend. I know your wife and daughter were talking about going to see Barbie. They they didn't make it to Barbie, and I'm still wondering about this PG-13 rating, too, because I thought Barbie was supposed to be for little girls, and I didn't know it was rated PG-13, but it made $155 million in North America. I'm not talking worldwide. That's just in North America at 4,000-plus movie theaters. So they obviously did something right. Right. But um, they didn't make it out to the theater? They did not, but I'm sure they will at some point. I do want to know more about this. Why Allison saw it. Why, yeah, why I saw was it Barbie, yesterday. Why was Barbie rated, why is it rated PG-13? Well, I will say, I think it's I think it's geared a little more towards uh, 20-sums and above. I think it's more they focus on the nostalgia part. But I do think if you take the, your kid to see it, there's just a couple jokes. But I think they'll go. it'll go over their heads. It's kind of like, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of cartoons out there that same way. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But I will say, go into the movie expecting the unexpected and uh, you'll enjoy it because it's it's a lot. There's a lot deeper meaning to it. And I'll enjoy it. And, and there's uh, a deeper meaning to it. <laughs> Trust Barbie. me, there is. It's, un, it's unreal. It's unreal. Really? Yeah. Don't spoil it for me. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I will spoil it off air for you guys. It's it's great. It really is really good. Wow. A ringing endorsement of Barbie from our producer, Alice. And it's kind of funny. Nige, since your uh, wife and daughter didn't go see Barbie, did they see Oppenheimer? <laughs> no. they. <laughs> we, we did not attend any movies this weekend. I really want to see Oppenheimer. Chris today. Hammer and, and his buddies, my oldest, went and saw Oppenheimer yesterday. Yeah, that's the Christopher Nolan movie about basically the father of the atomic yeah. bomb and the Manhattan Project. And of course, if you're into history, you're going to love it. Now, it's long. It's like three hours long. So he liked it? Yeah. Yeah, he liked it. Some of his buddies, not so much. But get ready, Bal. It's a long, long movie. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Crime, punishment, judges, legal stuff. This is, man, kind of disturbing. So the dad of a Colts player, Rodney Thomas, is charged with reportedly shooting a bald eagle to death in Pittsburgh. What? Like, was he hunting? The indictment filed states that uh, Papa Thomas did indeed knowingly or with wanton take a bald eagle on May 12th. So this happened a while back. uh, Shot it killed it using an air rifle near Pittsburgh. I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to do that with the bald eagles. Thomas Sr. is being charged with a federal misdemeanor. 
of taking a bald eagle in violation of the Bald Eagle Protection Act. He faces a potential fine of 100 grand and or imprisonment for one year for his first offense. Right, bald eagles are so amazing when you see them. I hardly ever see them. The only time I've seen him is down at Grandview Lake when we're hanging out with uh, with our buddy Spencer, Thompson Furniture and Mattress in Columbus. Uh, it's, they're unbelievable. I saw one swoop down and grab a fish out of Grandview Lake and, and fly off with it. It was pretty cool. Yeah, you're not supposed to kill those things, man. No. What? No, and it sounds like he knowingly did it. They kept saying that over and over again. Knowingly saw a bald eagle and shot it and killed it. Now, I will say there was a little bit of clickbait from some folks on social media because they showed the photo of Colts player Rodney Thomas. It's like, man, the Colts secondaries had enough drama <laughs> this year between gambling and shooting at eagles, but it turns out it was just his old man. Man. So there you go. Was not the player, was just his dad. I don't think you can hold that against Rodney Thomas. No, no, no. no. In case, you know, his but, dad's but, a little Dude, what are you doing? <laughs> right. It's the national bird of the United States of America. Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a special guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Over the weekend, comedy broadcast world lost a good one. Ron Sexton. Yeah, that hurt. Best known probably for his work on the Bob and Tom show. Did a number of different characters. Donnie Baker, Kenny Tarmac. Toured around the country as a comedian. Floyd was my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Scott Long is a uh, national comedian based out of Indianapolis. Scott, you have known the man behind those characters, Ron Sexton, for a long time. Time. Tell us about him. Well, um, he's had such a unique career, and it, only people locally would know the other side because probably next to Larry the Cable Guy, I don't know of any character that kind of blew up where the person had a character and they all of a sudden people only wanted to see that character. Yeah. Um, Ron started, he went to Franklin Central, you know, Southside guy, um, always tight with his friends uh, from the Southside, never forgot about him or anything like that. That's kind of the guy he was. He started in the early 90s. He was working at Wish TV as a weekend sportscaster. And uh, then he moved on to working with Mark Patrick. I think he was working with Mark at Wish. Then he they moved together and started doing afternoon drive radio. Um, and that's some of how I knew Ron, but I had started doing stand-up all the way back in 1991. They used to have an open mic at the Ramada Inn on Shadeland. Solid. I mean, <laughs> highest level of a star. Wow. You know, you think of the comedy store, you think of the improv, and then you think of <laughs> the Shadeland Ramada Inn on Monday night. And uh, uh, it was so successful, they put a Damon's Ribs in and, and canceled us. Right. I love Damon's Ribs, yeah. too. Yeah. These are, 
throwbacks, and I was working at Chi-Chi's at the time. So, you know, it's just like uh, sad, sad everything comes to an end. It's just that Ron should never have come to the end at 52 years old. And anybody that knew Ron loved the guy. He just was one of those guys. He was not like the character at all when I first met him. He was just kind of like a, a super nice guy. He liked sports. Uh, I don't think he had a big enough personality to even be a radio guy when he was doing radio. He just he was just a super nice guy, smart guy, but definitely South Side Indianapolis guy. Well, he's doing radio with Mark uh, and he decides he wants to start doing some stand-up comedy. We had a mutual friend who did comedy. That's how I met him all the way back in 1991. He used to support him. From what I know, his best friend, um, you know, there's a lot of tragedy around there. His best friend was a guy named Bill Tony, who was a police officer who was shot and killed. I know the Tony uh, family. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. And... Um, so, you know, and Todd, his brother, was the comedian. So there's that. Ron decided to start doing comedy. As you said, he did these voices. He created these characters. But he started off doing impressions. And his impressions were really good. But like a lot of impressionists, he couldn't kind of figure out how to kind of be funny besides the impressions. Yeah, you gotta have and the content. Then, you gotta have the yeah the yeah, content that's what behind. Is so unique. Yes, that um, he's funny all the time with the characters. He interweaves them. And Ron's Ron, Frank Caliendo told me Ron was one of the best impressions he had ever heard. That was wow. how good he was. And he was and, a damn good sports reporter and sportscaster too. I think that's what kind of gets lost in all of the yeah. Donnie Baker, you know, mania and things like that. Is how good of a sports host he was, and then ultimately yeah. became a baseball coach. Yeah, isn't that cr- okay? So he ends up at Bob and Tom. This is how we all know him. He's he's. Oh, I, I'll tell a quick story. I I brought him on some road trips with me. We did a show like a bar gig in Crawfordsville, uh, Indiana. He comes with me. Um, he gets up. He does like fifteen or twenty minutes, and I do the hour or something afterwards. And he was doing doing his impressions. He did okay. And the bar owner afterwards goes, "Hey, you're great. I'd love to have you come back. Don't bring that other guy." <laughs> and, and within three years from that point. He starts blowing up as on Bob and Tom as Donnie Baker and some of his other characters. And I'm thinking uh, that guy would be desperate to get Donnie Baker to come back. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, you know, within 10 years, I'm opening for him. You know, that's how it can work. Right. And uh, he had gone, Mark Patrick, once again, who's I would argue is the most talented person probably ever in this market. I mean, he was the Who's Your Lottery co- host. He oh, did yeah. sports radio. He did mornings with Bob and Tom where he had characters that were syndicated all over the country. I mean, talk about a guy that, you know, I don't even know how, he was the the newscaster with TV. I don't even know when he slept. So, um, I mean, Hammer's got like, you know, six jobs a lot of times, but uh, I mean, Mark Patrick, unbelievable. So Mark, I think, decides to kind of pull away a little bit from Bob and Tom. He's so busy. Ron gets the thing. Everybody 
loves Ron. And then Ron comes in and he's he's not only just doing those characters, he's doing the voice of like Tony Soprano. He's doing Charles Barkley. He's doing all these impressions. And there's been a lot of voice people at Bob and Tom that have been good or not so good. He was unbelievable. And I heard a chick say this morning on the show, I tuned in for a little while, and he said that he could literally legitimately not tell it was Ron Sexton whenever he did his Floyd the Trucker <laughs> bit. Like, he, yeah, you know, usually you yeah. can tell, oh, that's Ron. I, but, but when he does that bit, there is no ounce of Ron in that impression at all or that character. Well, uh, that's Floyd the Trucker, and I'm glad you bring it up, Nigel, because he – he was like a, an amazing actor when he became, he had every vocal tick. He had the whole world of truck drivers down to the lot lizards and <laughs> everything else. You know, he was, he, he, he would base his characters on people he went to high school. Donnie Baker was based, he said, on a couple characters, a couple guys he knew in high school. And uh, he just, he was Indiana. I mean, he blew up all over the Midwest and the South. And, but and he when, was when did Indiana. Donnie Baker catch fire? Like that, that lightning in the bottle moment? Or was I it mean, a progression? I, I think it was a little bit of a progression, but it didn't take long. I mean, he came in with Floyd the Trucker. He had even done it on the Mark Patrick's like yeah. MPOS that used to be on 1260 at the time. Um, so, and I used to do sports radio with them when they got the Fox Sports National Show, which they used to do. The morning national show was done in Indianapolis, mm -hmm. down the hallway from Bob and Tom. You guys remember that. And so, Ron just, he was two different people, but um, his, his really good friend, Dusty Privet, who I know, had, he wrote a beautiful thing about Ron and just spoke to how Ron was the greatest person to his own fans. And uh, I can promise you, as someone who's been doing stand-up for a long time and has seen a lot of the big-name acts, hey, it's a grind. There are nights where you don't want to take all the photos or you don't want to be irritated or you want to be told a joke or whatever. But Ron was just quintessentially such a nice guy. And, I think it's funny um, that he would stay in character after the show as Donnie Baker at the meet and greets. He, right, wasn't, yeah. he wasn't Ron. He'd stay in character. <laughs> totally. And you know what? This is kind of a cool moment that I'll share that Ron once told me. He said, you know what, Scott? Because I'm like, how do you do that? You know, like, as you said, it's like he's wearing the peewee suit. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's, yeah. you know, he's wearing the every night. He strap on the, the mullet and, the, you know, he put on the zoo bars and, <laughs> and he'd and he'd, he'd truly be chugging half Budweiser, half Mountain Dew. Which even Hammer and I know that is not the nectar of the gods. No, no. It's no. tequila and Diet Mountain Dew. That's the nectar of the gods. That is the nectar of the gods. So I'm like, you know, how is that? And he's like, I have to tell you, um, I am never more myself than when I'm being those characters. And I'm like, what? And he's like, I can say whatever I want. Whatever came to his head, he could say. And it was amazing sometimes when you'd listen to him on the radio or see him live. And that's going to be such a disappointment because there is so many YouTube and TikTok versions of Donnie Baker now, and they aren't half as good.
He is national comedian based out of Indy, Scott Long. Find him on Twitter or X or whatever the hell it's called now, <laughs> at Scott Comedy. Scott, thank you so much for taking the time out to uh, talk a little bit about Ron Sexton. Yeah, just let me finish by saying there was a guy who he moved to Florida and became a baseball coach so his kids would have a better opportunity to play year-round. That's who he was. Scott, thank you. Are you really okay? Are you okay? Everything's going to be okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty f***ing far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. Oh, yeah! Hammer, you're a healthy guy. You're the, you're the, uh, Everybody just started laughing in the you, room. You, you, do, you, do you take uh, vitamin supplements? Do you take your uh, daily vitamins on a ba- on a regular basis? I sometimes forget days, but I do have vitamins I take, I yes. Take, I, I take vitamin C, I take zinc, and I take um, vitamin D3 with something or other. But listen, to the, but I'm talking not necessarily about vitamin supplements, but this, this story is a little disturbing. 40% of sports supplements bought online don't contain the key ingredients the label says they should. Are you okay with this? No, I'm not. Because even if you're somebody that's trying to do the right thing by looking at the bottle, looking at the ingredients, now you're telling me that the bottle is lying to people trying to do things the right (laughs) way. So this researcher at Cambridge teamed up with the Harvard Medical School, and they ordered 57 different sports supplements and analyzed all of the things that are in these supplements, and 40% don't contain the stuff that you think you're getting. That's crazy. Now, even though I think this is crap, we shouldn't be surprised, because it was years ago that... Chris Farley's character in Tommy Boy tried to warn us about things marked on the bottle. (laughs) But why do they put a guarantee on the box then? Because they know all they sold you was a guaranteed piece of shit. That's all it is, isn't it? Hey, if you want me to take a dump in a box and mark it guaranteed, I will. I got spare time. That's what's happening here to these supplements. It's a guaranteed piece of blank. Staying in the world of sports primarily here, let's see what you think about this story. The U.S. women's soccer team was hammered for their national anthem response. I watched this uh, with a bunch of people Friday night. Um, Their opponents from Vietnam were loudly singing and engaged with their anthem. The U.S. team is being criticized for just kind of standing there. Not everybody was singing. Megan Rapinoe wasn't even standing out there. Not all of them had hands on their hearts. Are you okay with the criticism here? Man, people can criticize what they want, but I'm going to go against the grain. I'm not okay with this, because if you want to criticize Megan Rapinoe and some of these other woke soccer players that claim they're so oppressed, game on. That's absolutely fair. But what I saw was they just stood there, and they looked up. And that was it. Nobody was taking a knee. Nobody had a fist in the air. Nobody was burning a flag. I mean, I think you could see that at any high school football game across the country, right? Yeah, I mean, when I sing, when I'm at an event and the national anthem comes on, I I just kind of generally stand there with either my hand over my heart or sometimes with my hands folded behind my back. And I I rarely do I sing. I just, I'm not a singer. I just stand there and. 
reflect and, and out of respect, just stay silent. Yeah, there's a lot of um, reasons you can pick on the super progressive, the super woke, but maybe I'm just looking at it wrong. They stood there. The anthem played. They looked up. I don't think they disrespected it in any way. So I think this is a nothing burger. Are you okay with this? A Lowe's employee. She's worked there for 13 years. She's the plant lady. Lost her job for trying to stop a group of shoplifters. She's 68 years old. She was punched multiple times by one of the shoplifters, left her with a black eye. But due to Lowe's policy of not engaging with shoplifters, she was the one that was fired. Are you okay with this? No, I'm not. And we hear these stories all the time. It wasn't that long ago. I think it was a Home Depot employee that chased somebody out that had a big generator or something and got attacked for it. I understand why these stores want to have these types of policies, but read the room a little bit here. This employee had been with you for a long time, was a loyal employee, and was trying to do right by you. So, maybe... You bring her in and you give her a warning and say, hey, we have a policy in place. We're not going to do this. This is put in place for your own good so things like this don't happen. We can replace the stuff. I don't want you to get hurt. But to actually follow up and fire her, that's ridiculous. No, I'm not okay with that. All right, one more here for you. Roger Waters has re-recorded Pink Floyd's The Dark Side of the Moon. And if you were kind of, you know, expecting a note for note remake for his song Money, this should end that notion. He says he's reimagined the song Money, not meant to replace the original, but to celebrate its 50th anniversary. Here's Roger Waters' new version of the song Money. <laughs> Sounds like movie trailer guy. Get a job with more pay and you okay. Is RFK Jr. singing this? <laughs> oh, I shouldn't laugh at that. It's a gas. In a world where there's money. You can turn this off now. Are you done? Are you okay with Roger Waters remaking uh, Money? I believe it was Dr. Evil who once said, and I quote, How about no? (laughs) That's awful. That was pretty bad. Ridiculous. No, not okay with that. Let us know what you think. At Hammer and Nigel. Yeah, that's a turd. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is right over there. We have a special guest in the DriveHubler.com hotline. The lovely, the talented Miss Mock from the Chicks on the Right program joins us. Mock, thank you so much for joining us. This program is always better when we hear your positive, uplifting voice. (laughs) Well, I'm going to do my best. I'm in a really terrible mood today. (laughs) What's wrong? What happened? Well, I'm I'm fighting with insurance companies and the government. Tell me what's worse. 
<laughs> They're both pretty I don't bad. Even know. Boy, that's what happens when you reach the gates of hell, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Like exactly. John Wilkes Booth greets you, then he walks you to an insurance seminar, and then you sign up for government aid. That's what happens when you oh get to the God. gates of hell. Um, the worst. We got a number of places we could start with you, but uh, speaking of people that belong in hell, let's start with the Biden crime family here. Oh, wow. Last week was interesting in Washington. You had a couple big hearings in regards to censorship that you know the Bidens may have had a hand in. You had the IRS whistleblower, which was basically tracking the money that Hunter was getting, the illegal things that he was doing, but it's also tied into the family. So I'm just curious, yeah. am I just being optimistic here? Am I just being somebody that's trying to look at the glass half full, but it feels like there's a little bit of heat finally starting to happen to the Biden crime family here? It feels like that, especially because now we know that Devin Archer is also going to be testifying to say specifically that Joe Biden did know about Hunter Biden's business dealings because he was on speakerphone for at least a handful of calls related to those business dealings. So it does feel like there's more heat coming. And and I felt like you did. Like, I was kind of like, ooh, this is getting, you know, this is getting interesting. But then I realized, what if we all got what we want? which is Biden and Hunter behind bars. Is that really going to help? Because then we just have Kamala to deal with. And I don't know if that's better or worse or just as bad. And so now I just don't know. I don't know what's going to happen or how I feel about any of it. Well, I got to <laughs> tell you, I'm starting to come along to Hammer's line of thinking here that Joe Biden's not going to last to the next primary for the Democrats. I think he's gone by the end of the year. And it's going to be Michelle Obama. I mean, I could really. Maybe Michelle? Michelle or Gavin, either one of them? I think Gavin for sure. I don't see Michelle wanting to do it. I just, I feel, you know, it'd be terrible for Republicans if she did because I think she would easily win. But I don't think that she has any interest in being president. She's got a really cush life right now. Gavin wants it. Like, he wants it bad. And I can see that happening, absolutely. But there is something to the DNC moving their big convention to Chicago because it was all but signed sealed and delivered for Atlanta. And they're trying so desperately to keep Georgia as a blue state. And then all of a sudden, they pulled the tablecloth off and, you know, kind of did the magic trick here and gave it to Chicago last minute. Conspiracy theorist in me says, what's going to be the big surprise when this thing happens? And you think it would be Michelle? I'm saying anything's in play right now. I really do. I just don't think it's going to be Joe Biden. No, I, I think I mean, I think they're going to figure out a way to remove him gently uh, from the process. And whether that happens because he just becomes more and more demented, I don't know. Um, but I, I I just do not see a Michelle thing happening. I, I see the ego there, Mock. I see the ego really? of the Obamas coming into play. She can shatter the glass ceiling. The first elected woman as president, the first woman of color. They're going to check all the boxes and... I think their egos want that. And plus, I don't see the Democrats giving that nomination to a rich, elite white man. I yeah, mean, I mean, that is the trouble with with Gavin. But then they also have Pete. I mean, at least he checks the box, right? 
Oh, yeah. Say that. Pete Buttigieg is president. Oh my god. But of all these imagine? people we've just rattled off, Mock, are they more likely to beat Donald Trump in a general election than Joe Biden is right now? Uh, I think they are more likely to beat him. Yes. Any of any and all of them are. Yes. So really this, like you said earlier, bringing it full circle, this might not be the worst thing in the world. If this investigation heats up and there's some sort of paper trail that ties the Bidens to this, if there's some sort of plea deal where Joe steps down, hell, the Democrats can kill two birds with one stone. They get rid of Biden and Kamala that way. It's true. I mean, and that that, you know, I thought that they were my conspiracy theories. I I thought that they were going to tie the cocaine to Kamala and that would be the way that they got rid of her. (laughs) So so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they will remove her from the equation if, in fact, the Biden crime syndicate goes down in any way. I don't know how they I don't know how they remove her because she is the most, you know, she would be sort of the next in line and the most expected person. Person, uh, to to fill the shoes, and I don't think I think Trump could potentially beat her. She's that awful. Yeah, I don't think the Democrats view her as next person up at all. I think if Biden's down, they'll say you're the running mate. You're not the candidate. If you want to try to beat Gavin Newsom or somebody else in the primary, be our guest. But the last time you ran a primary, you were the first one out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I, but I, and I do, I do worry about a Gavin run because people, there's a lot of stupid people in this country who are just going to fall right into his trap. He's very charismatic, very, um, very good at communicating, and he's he's really, really, he's just really, really good at making a case, even though. You know, there's plenty of us who are smart enough to see through all the bull, but there's plenty of people out there who aren't and who will just be like, oh, my God, Gavin's so dreamy. And they'll just ignore (laughs) the fact that he has absolutely destroyed his own state. And so he would be a really scary opponent. And and I and because of that, I think the Democrats are going to do anything they can to make it be him. You know what I mean? And the same is true for Michelle. I just don't think that she wants it like Gavin does. Chatting with Mock from the Chicks on the Right program. So let's turn it to the other side here. Uh, we have some polling, individual state polling, because I think that's the only polling that matters here from some of the early states. And again, Donald Trump beating the brakes off of everybody. But what's interesting yeah. is the slide of Ron DeSantis. This new Fox Business poll has him now third in South Carolina. What do you make of the slide of the DeSantis? Santa's campaign. Well, it's, you know, because I'm very upset by it. (laughs) I mean, to me, it's just like, I don't, I just, I I know um, that most Democrats are hoping that Trump is the nominee. And what does that say? You know what I mean? To me, that says they want him because he's the easiest to beat. And I think literally anybody else could beat any Democrat running right now because they are so awful. Like, everything is so awful. They've destroyed the economy. They've made they've made terrible decisions with the war. I mean, they've done everything wrong. And most people are far worse off now than they were before a Biden presidency. And so I just I'm just stunned that so many people are ready to give Democrats exactly what they want, 
which is a Trump nomination. I, I just I, I don't understand it. I know a lot of people feel extraordinarily loyal to him, but I don't think he is the, the right guy. I think his time is done. I'm tired of having to choose between two 80-year-olds. I think it's way beyond time to get some new blood in the White House. And I am curious, Mark, of what Trump's numbers will look like after this August debate on Fox and whether or not Trump even participates in the debate or, or maybe he, I don't know, there's talk of Tucker interviewing Trump in lieu of Trump participating in that debate. Some people think Trump should just shut the F up and go in the basement like Biden did up until. No, uh, I don't. You don't? I don't at all. No, I think he owes it to the American people to participate in this entire process. I don't like the fact that people are treating him as some sort of a king that's just entitled yeah. to, to get the nomination without working for for it. And so polls be the, you know be, the polls are the polls and that and and he obviously has a very commanding lead but why shouldn't he get up there and 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 be required to debate policy with the other people that are in the race? I just think that that's a normal part of the process and for him to just be like, "Well, I'm so far ahead, I don't need to do it." I just think that's a, that's super lame and it's not fair to to the American people. I think he should be at the debate. Period. How soon should Donald Trump think about a running mate here? Are we talking about after the first couple primaries? And let's say somebody like Tim Scott has not come close to winning these first couple of primaries. Does Donald Trump scoop him up? And would that be a benefit to his ticket? Because there's been some chatter that Donald Trump would like to have Tim Scott as part of his campaign. Yeah, and I know uh, Trump has spoken really highly of Tim Scott, and I'm sure, you know, if it came down to it, I'm sure Tim would be delighted with that. I just, it, you know, it's a danger because typically the people who get close into Trump's circle um, ultimately end up not in a very good position at all. <laughs> so right. I, I would be very cautious if I were Tim Scott. You know, the funniest rumor to me right now that's floating is that Trump is going to pick RFK Jr. Uh, as sort of a unity ticket, right? Like, so he'll have a Democrat as his Whoa. vice president, which is the dumbest idea. <laughs> because, because think about how close the Senate is right now. I mean, you know, even if RFK Jr. agreed to be his running mate, which is entirely unlikely, but even if he agreed, he's a Democrat. And so if he's looking at being a tie-breaking vote, you know, in the Senate, that would be really dumb for Republicans to have put him in that role. And so I just think it's a, a crazy rumor. I don't think it has any legs. I don't think RFK Jr. would ever do it, even if Trump wanted him. I don't think he would do it. Last question here, Mock from the Chicks on the Right, Chicks on the Right dot com. Will you be going to see Barbie anytime soon? <laughs> in the I will not. I will happily. You know what? I keep seeing the previews for it, and I'm just like, I, and I was a huge Barbie girl. Like, I played with Barbies like crazy when I was a kid, and I don't understand what the plot actually is. No clue. Um, I can't. Yeah. Yeah, I can't make heads or tails out of it from the previews, and I just it looks so dumb to me. But I know it did really well opening weekend. Like it just, it, I mean, like made seventy million dollars or something. Oh, more than that, way more than that. Oh my god, internationally. Yeah, it was a monster, wow. and it was number one. Mock, I love all the tinfoil that we've used during this conversation. <laughs> we had RFK Jr., we had Michelle Obama, <laughs> chicksontheright.com. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys.
And so not only is it National Tequila Day, uh, fortunately, it's uh, Hammer and Nigel's Moonshine Monday. <laughs> our job is awesome. I love our job. Ch- this is a good gig. I love this job. And thank you so much for listening every afternoon. Yeah. Tell your friends. Get everybody in here. Big Hammer and Nigel Show Army. Uh, today, we've got a little something that's been sitting in the fridge. It's nice and cold. Don't tell me what flavor it is. I want to guess. Okay. It's a little frosty. Let yeah. me Ooh, ooh, yeah. pop it open right there for you. Pour you a little something something. I will tell you, this is from our friends at a Moondrops Distillery. Oh, yeah. Moondrops. They've been in before. Good folks. Great shine. Ooh, See if you boy. can tell what it is, Nigel. I'm smelling it, and it smells strong. Give it Cheers. Mm. <laughs> peppermint. Yeah, what it is. It's peppermint. Hello. My breath is fresh right now. Oh, yeah. It tastes like mouth. I mean, a good kind of mouthwash that you want to drink. I believe it was Ric Flair who once said, Let's let's do another cheers to our um, uh, friend that passed over the weekend, Ron Sexton here, too. Here's another shot. Um, Later on, after 6 o'clock, we're going to go down memory lane with Ron and play some clips of he and I in an old podcast, and you and and we had our old show at a different radio station. He was very good to you and I. Yeah, very good. So here's, here's to Ron and his family and his coworkers. We're thinking about you. Cheers.